This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a paranormal and true crime podcast. Travis is always here with me on my left or the right, if you're watching on YouTube. But it's actually our left, because that's how we roll. We've got all, we got everything all screwed up. All I know is that two wrongs don't make a right, but what is it? Three lefts make a right, and three rights make a left. What the hell are you talking about? You didn't know that? There's people that are afraid of making left turns and stuff. So they'll have to go up to the next street, take a right, take a right, take a right. And then it then puts them on the street that they would turn left on. It is way too hot in here for you to mess with my mind like that. Anyway, tonight we are covering the infamous The Boyd House in Minnesota, in Boyd, Minnesota. We will be joined by the owner, Jill Shelley, and she will come on here in just a second. But for, before we get started, I want to say hi to everybody in the chat. Thank you for showing up so so early. Good job, people. Jessica, thank you for showing up. Jenny, I believe you're here. Gregory's here. Gregory, we will get to you. I know I was supposed to get with you. I will get with you tonight, some point after the podcast, and we will set up next week. But before we get started with the Boyd House and Joe Shelley's telling us the horrific and scary paranormal stories coming out of there. Excellent. I love it. I can't I, wait. I want to throw a shout out. We have a new Patreon subscriber. We do. Yes. They do not have a name. They have a, well, it's still standing. I don't know what that means because I haven't been standing for years, but still standing. Thank you so very still much. Still standing or still learning? Oh, still learning. That's it. I yeah, because I know learning. who it is. Oh, why are you going to bust my bubble? I thought we had fans. No, I told you who it <laughs> was. I know. You're breaking kayfabe, damn it. Sorry, Gene. <laughs> All right. But thank you, still learning. We greatly appreciate it. I was actually, I was, there, wasn't there a movie called Still Standing? I know they're stand by me, but I don't know. Probably, I don't know. This is why I should drink more. I can't do these podcasts sober. Anyway, thank you everybody for showing up. But tonight we are going to talk about the Boyd House. Like I said, it's a haunted location that anybody can investigate if you want to go there and investigate. Plenty of uh, teams have come rolling through there over the past couple of years as on YouTube. And we have some links for the team and the owner that owned this particular home. And there's some interesting activity that I saw in my research. But this is a super small town. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Jill, when she comes on, will talk about that. And I think she's on now. Jill, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Oh, we are just lovely, just being a complete cluster that we are. Thank you so much for joining us tonight in our amateur hour. I apologize ahead of time if I slip up and cuss. Oh, that's quite all right. I've already, oh, I've already warned her about you. <laughs> I mean, I, I clean it up during interviews a little bit. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now, Jill, you are, now you are, you run a paranormal team, correct? Are you the founder or just a high-ranking member? Uh, no, I'm the founder of a team called Saint Croix Paranormal, um, and we started that back in 2010. 
Now, what I always ask this question to people that I interview, especially that are on a team and like to do a lot of investigation and go out and actually do the work. What got you into the paranormal? Uh, just I've always been fascinated by like ghosts and scary things since I was really little. You know, everybody thought it was kind of weird. Right. Um, but I always, you know, like me and my cousins, we would sit up at my grandma's house and tell ghost stories and listen to the records of ghost stories and just that kind of thing. But, um, you know, we always, there was a room that my grandma had that we didn't really like. And it had like a lot of, you know, like my uh, uncle's war stuff and things like that. But it was just, it was just really kind of a cold room all the time. You just felt like you shouldn't be in there, uh, that kind of thing. And one particular night, I uh, awoke. I was probably, I don't know, between 8 and 10 years old, not mm-hmm. really sure. Um, and I awoke, and I heard, like, the sound of footsteps coming out of the one room. And my back was to it, so I didn't want to, like, turn and look because I was really petrified, and I kind of felt like it was staring right through me. It was, like, the most intense stare. Like, you could, like if somebody's staring at you from across the room, you kind of like, oh, you feel like someone's staring at you. This almost felt like, almost like laser eyes going through my, you know, through my back almost, but I was too scared to turn around and look. Um, But then I kind of sighed and I turned around and you could hear the footsteps and I walked back and then um, I was really terrified. So I just kind of threw the blankets over my head, went back to sleep. And then in the morning, I just happened to ask my parents and they had not gotten up through the whole night. And I had um, asked my grandma about it too. And she, her room's downstairs and she's like, oh, my gosh, honey, that's just a ghost, and he's not going to hurt you. So then I was, like, at that point, kind of like, oh, my God, like, I really need to learn more about these things. Like, if they can't hurt you, you know. Um, and Grandma, who is very religious, is, like, all kind of cool about it. I, I need to find out more information about this stuff. Um, so that just kind of fueled my uh, passion for the paranormal, and I just kind of started doing a lot more research and studying and watching movies and documentaries and uh with the advent of the tv shows coming out that's when i was like oh my gosh i can really go out and investigate i didn't know people could do that so yeah when it went, you know? <laughs> when it went mainstream right yeah. right yeah so that's that's yeah kind of how we started i uh ended up buying um like we talked a little bit off air about the main thing i had a voice recorder and a camcorder mm-hmm. that's pretty much it um and i actually went to uh an apartment building uh, that was haunted that some people uh, had some issues with a child ghost there and I got like the most incredible EVP of a little girl saying neener 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 come and get me really maybe so it was that, yes. you yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think so, so maybe it was Annabelle. <laughs> Annabelle don't get me started on Annabelle we've covered that in the past episode I mean it's it's an interesting story. I think it's kind of a crock well, of well, shit. Well, we know my philosophy on those two, so we've covered. Oh, that. on the Warrens. Yes. Anyway, yeah, I'm we're so, pretty vocal about it yeah. about the Warrens. Um, well, now that experience, that first experience, did you you just spoke about? Now, did things continue? Did you have other experiences, or did that just it was kind of one and done? Uh no, we had some oddball stuff like around my house, and I don't know if that was you know, like a poltergeist activity or stuff, but I would have like the radio volume would go like really, really high, like loud, go really loud. Yeah. And then, um, I would just say, Hey, can you turn that down? And then it would go down. Um, sometimes my lights would turn on in my bedroom in the middle of the night and I'm just like, Hey, you know, and then it would get shut back off again. Right. But nothing, Um, really, 
nothing really scary. Yeah, I mean, at that no. young age, I'm sure you were petrified. But now, as probably as you're older and like me, I'm older, it doesn't really scare me anymore. And there's a time to be a little bit more concerned when you're investigating. But nothing really seemed, just for lack of a better term, evil or negative. No, I never had that type of experience as, as younger. You know, obviously, I've, through my years of investigating, I wouldn't say nothing evil, just something maybe a little bit more grumpier. Um, See, but, you'll, but you'll, yeah, nothing as growing up, I did not have any negative experiences. You'll like Jill. She has a philosophy about she doesn't like necessarily. She's very, from my researching, researching what she's all about and talking to her, she's not a big fan of the demons either. She thinks it's a rarity as well, just like you, Travis. Well, I mean, she believes in the grumpy spirits. Yeah, they're just pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Travis, right? everything's in, just because it's mad doesn't. Mean, I get, I, I get, I wake up super pissed off because all I want is a breakfast burrito and an energy drink. But that doesn't make me a demon. Right. Honestly, I'm probably if I'm hung, if I'm hangry, I'm probably actually a little bit worse than a demon. Well, <laughs> odds are I'll die before you. And if when you die and you get hangry, I'll give you a Snickers bar. I mean, what's the average lifespan now? Like eighty six, so you got like five years for crazy people like us. No, I'm I'm pushing it now. I can't believe I made it into thirty. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, well, I just see this is what happens when you get on here, Travis. I lose my tr- my track, my concentration. I can't yeah. even speak. Yeah, you suck tonight. I know. Thank you, buddy. You're you're a help. <laughs> I hate you so much. Anyway, now <laughs> get it get get us to uh, forming the team now. How did you form the team, or did you just have some friends and you grouped together, or did you actually go out looking for people with like interest? Uh, actually, uh, one of the guys that, that I work with, he was very into paranormal, and we kind of always used to just chat about uh, scary movies. We had that in common, and then little did we know we both were into ghosts. Um, so then that kind of spawned like, hey, well, let's let's start a team. So we kind of did that. And then, you know, I just started talking, you know, just to people outside of work and, you know, they're like, Hey, I know somebody that would really be a good fit for your team. Um, and so that was through a mutual person at work as well. And, uh, that's Donna, who's still with us today. We actually, um, the first time we met, we spoke on the phone and then I said, well, Hey, there's a graveyard right down the street from my work. You want to meet there? So <laughs> we, we ended up meeting there and then like we're just best friends now. Uh, and then, yeah. um, and then like Teresa, who's still with us, she's been with us too for a really long time. We met, um, Steve, the other guy at work. He knew her from, from before. And then Alex, um, just happened to hit us up a couple of years later, just wondering if we were looking for any members to join. And, um, so we interviewed him and hung out with him and we liked him. So he's been with us. So we can pretty much have a group core of like four, um, pretty much. It's it's us four. We're kind of like a family right. more than anything. That is the perfect size for a team. You know, you get more than yeah. four, it gets like we spoke earlier about. It gets crazy. It's hard to investigate with more than four people. Um, Shit, I barely like 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 just you and me is my is pushing it for me. Yeah, but I get tired of you real 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 quick, so I have to bring two more people to talk to. Well, yeah, but you know you know how I am. I yeah. want to go off into the right. deep dark places by myself with no lights and shit. And I do know. that. I know. That's why I love you. Uh, now, you and your team have pretty much investigated some big-time places. Kind of give us a highlight of 
your resume when it comes to places that you and your team have went? Oh, sometimes I can't even remember every place we've went, but, um, you know, just some of the things like I've Velisca X murder house. We've done the Waverly Hills. Um, we've done Edinburgh Manor. Um, gosh, Ashmore States. There's just, gosh, there's just so many. I should have had the list in front of me. <laughs> um, Thornhaven Manor. Yeah. I believe that Edinburgh Manor, I believe is one of the ones that I watched on the YouTube channel. For, um, Probably. Um, now, when you said Velisca, Travis got all excited because we've actually, he loves that place. We've never been there, but we did an episode on it. Did you get any, what was the activity like there for you? Yeah, so the first, so we've been twice. So the very first time was probably the most incredible time we had. That was actually also our very first investigation at a, at a known haunted location. You know, we had just done like private homes and some businesses prior to that, but never nothing to the magnitude of Velisca. Right. Um, so it, I was pretty freaked out about it, <laughs> but um, we did, um, we did have some of our equipment. We had the REM pod go off. Um, but what was more incredible is we got so many class A EVPs, which of course, you know, we did not know, um, until the time, um, but we had them actually getting two EVPs of the spirits talking to each other. Right. So the one, the one little kid said, do you want to play? And the other one said, no way. Um, when we had put out a lot of our toys and stuff, we got a boys, a little boy giggling and he said, I want to touch your things. And then, um, Lena was one of the girls that was murdered at the house. And I heard, from other documentaries, she likes to play tricks and mess with the people who come in there because she thinks it's fun. Um, so then we had like an older boy say, no, Lena, no. So I don't know if she was up going to do something, but he's like telling her not to do it. Um, and then like, I think when we came in the door, we said, is anybody here? And a girl answered back, we're right here. So just, just that. And then uh, they were throwing pebbles from upstairs. We were getting like little rocks. They were tinging down from the old fashioned. They have like those metal grates in between the floor and you would get little rocks that would just come down and go ting, ting, ting across the room. Um, so yeah, and it was just amazing. Just getting those EVPs was just crazy. Absolutely incredible. Now, what of all the infamous places that you've been that you listed, listed off? And I, I know you've been to Bobby Mackey's as well. Yes. What is an, Oh, I should let me ask this. Is there one particular place that has put the fear of God into you that, I mean, just scared the, the Jesus out of you? Um, I guess if we always kind of go back to Whispers Estate in Mitchell, Indiana, um, that house is very messed up. <laughs> um, when you, we walked in there, it was nothing but that constant cobwebs and electric feeling all over your entire face the whole time we were there. Mm-hmm. Enough enough to drive one of our members out for the night that they couldn't handle it anymore. Really? Um, we, we saw wet footprints coming up from the basement. Cool. And there should not be any of that. And it walked out to the door, out to the basement. out. I mean, like to the backyard, I mean. That's cool. That's cool. That is yeah. 
And then, you know, of course we were having some equipment interaction and stuff, but like the, I think the biggest thing with that is um, we were up in this closet and this particular closet's known to be negative. Even the owner said that if they, they come upstairs and that closet's open, they, they said it's game over. They will not step foot upstairs at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, story, story behind the house. Um, well, first of all, there's a doctor who, lived there and he did really unethical things to his patients, especially his female patients. Uh, they buried body parts in the backyard. His daughter uh, had an accident with a candle and caught fire, so she was burned. Um, so apparently he gave her mercy killing with uh, morphine three days later. Uh, there was a child that died there that fell down the stairs. And then the deal with the uh, closet his name is Virgil, and he was a groundskeeper, and the day he retired, uh, he dropped dead in front of his closet there um, on his last day as he put his tools away. Oh, well, so that, that'll definitely make a grumpy yes. freaking entity. That would be <laughs> so what we classify yeah. as a demon. Right, right, yeah. So he's pretty ticked off, so apparently like he'll, he'll push and scratch people. Uh, people get locked in there when it, like the door, it's one of those locks that you kind of pull up, mm-hmm. have slide over, and then drop back down. So they're like, I don't even know how people get locked in there. Uh, so, of course, you know, we decided, hey, let's go in the closet because that sounds like a really good idea. Um, but, um, never, never you have to remember, No, no. Yeah, but you have to remember these closets, too. It's like a big walk-in. Like, they actually oh, have a yeah. table, a couple table, or a table, a couple chairs. Um, so there's plenty of room. So Teresa and I are in the closet, and something pops in my head that just says, get out of this closet. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to just step out. I don't like to be in closets anyway because I always think the door's going to shut on me. I'm going to get stuck. And um, so we also brought in the spirit box at the time, and it said shut this door, and we didn't do that either. And so Teresa's sitting in a chair, and next thing you know, she comes flying out of the room. She's like four feet across the room, her in that chair. And she said somebody physically picked it up and threw her out of that room. Really? Um, so that, yeah, so that was probably like one of the most scarier things that we've actually experienced, you know, cause we, you know, of course me, I'm like debunking. I'm like, well, did you fall over? And she's like, I would have just been right here, but it fell in the closet. I wouldn't be in the hallway with the chair. So, <laughs> you know, so we just, I had, so she was really shaken up. She's like, I just can't explain to you. I could feel the chair being picked up. Somebody huh. picked it up. Um, so yeah, just, a, just a lot of, Weird. And then like the owner, the people who were there, like they were, they weren't the owners, but they're like caretakers. So they stay there a lot. And I don't know if they, you know, get so much vibe from the house, but then she heard the, you know, the commotion and she came up and she's like, are you guys okay? And we're like, yeah, explain what happened. She goes, yeah, I was in a dead sleep, but the house woke me up and told me they were upset with you because you were making too much noise. (laughs) So Hmm. it was just kind of weird that she said that. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was just weird. I just, we didn't like that house. It was just so messed up. Um, yeah, it was just weird. I don't, I don't know. It was just the craziest house. We were seeing shadows just around on the walls. Oh, no. and it was just, just insane. And then we went, we swore we'd never go back ever again. And we went back probably like five years later, did not get that same activity. We had, you know, some equipment interaction, but it was nothing, nothing like it was that night. Huh. Well, that's, but that first night's enough. But let we me ask go. you. Oh, we'll get some information on it. 
Um, I'm going in that closet. You've been in the closet for years. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Now, having this kind of experience, you went and bought your own haunted house. What were you thinking? I, I don't know. A moment, momentary lapse of insanity. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. It's just going around to all these other places, you know, kind of made me think, well, gosh, this would really be fun to have my own place to, you know, go do research when I want to and then allow other people to do research. And then we can kind of collaborate with everybody. So if people are still getting kind of the same things, we can beyond a shadow of a dog go, okay, you know, and kind of prove that way too. So that's kind of what um, the drive was as far as getting my own haunted location. And then I ended up finding the Boyd House. Now, the Boyd House, just for the listeners out there, is in Boyd, Minnesota. Now, this is a small-ass town. I'm talking small. Mm-hmm. I Now, correct me if I'm wrong, since you obviously live in the general vicinity of the, this town, it only has like 175 people that live in the... Yeah. A roughly a hundred and seventy five people and that's mostly um out on the farm area, so the town itself with the houses is really really small mm-hmm. um there's no businesses left in town at all there's like a a bar because every town's got to have a bar um and there's a cafe you know your post office and just maybe one or two other small businesses. That's it. We don't have groceries, gas, nothing. There's really nothing there at all. This sounds like my kind of town. I have more people living on the street than that town. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, right. Um, so tell us how you found this house. I think this story, I know this story, but tell the listeners how you found this this house. Well, you know, uh, nobody advertises their house uh, being haunted for sale, usually. And uh, so I just kind of go off with my intuition, pretty much. Um, I would just kind of Google the MLS and, and look at houses. And if I got kind of a feel for it, I would go take a look at it, do many investigation. Uh, my realtor knew what I was purchasing the home for. Um, but when I came across um, the Boyd house, and I had been to a couple others, and, you know, nothing that really made me want to buy it. Um, I was just immediately attracted to it right away. I just like even almost became obsessed in a way, even before looking at it, just, you know, constantly looking at the pictures going like, oh, I really want this house. I hope there's some spirit activity there, you know. Um, so we went down, we took a look at it and uh, went down there with Donna, my teammate, and just hanging out, uh, waiting for the realtor to show up. And we were just eating sandwiches outside. And all of a sudden I just kind of said, hey, I of feel like, Someone's staring at you through that attic window, and she's like, yep, I didn't want to say anything, but kind of do. Um, so you kind of got that vibe that somebody was already kind of checking you out um, when we got there. Uh, and then we just kind of went, we did a small investigation. So we had a REM pod up, and that went off uh, within eight minutes of, of being there. And then we ran a spirit box, and we got a couple couple good responses. Um, you know, one of them's like, who are you? So it's like, you know, because... That was kind of weird that nobody else has ever really talked to him. So, um, you know, they kind of wondering what the heck's going on. Um, so then, then I'm kind of like, well, you know, that's just a few things. Um, let me just check what there's a medium that I really trust. And she said, oh yeah, there's like six spirits there. Um, she's like a couple kids, women, a man, um, which has, We've gone through more investigating. We've we've come to prove that yes, that that is what's there. And sometimes some passerbyers. Um, but 
I was like, okay, well, should I go with that? And I'm like, well, you know what? Let's just ask the family because the last family lived there about 30 years. Um, it was it was an older couple, you know, and back then, you know, nobody really wanted to be talking about ghosts and stuff. You're nuts. So they were real hesitant, but the, the uh, woman said that, oh, gosh, yeah, there, I always thought that there was certainly something funny about that house. Um, and she said that she would sometimes hear old time music playing, um, just kind of hear footsteps every once in a while. Um, her daughter apparently had a lot of more interaction. Like she has actually seen a man, um, in the house several times and, um, got to, after meeting her, after I purchased the house, I showed her a picture of, um, the old owner's Fred Eckhart. And she's like, oh my God, that's him. So she, she had quite a lot, a lot of bit more interaction. And then, uh, people in the town have come forward like, oh, I spent the night one time when I was growing up there and something touched my shoulder or, you know, so a lot of people are coming forward with some stories. Um, so that it's good validity there. Let me ask you a question that just, that popped in my head when you were telling the story. How crazy did the, uh, realtor think you were? When you went into what do a walk through the house with paranormal equipment and looking for basically ghost hunting. Oh, she, it, it's, she, it scares her. So she never came along. So it was always the other realtor, whoever was selling the house would meet us there. Um, but yeah, she was really cool with it though. She was like, I don't know how you do that. So. <laughs> now, before we get into the history but, of the house, let me ask you one question. You said in the beginning of the story that you, you were drawn to the house. Yes. Do you think the house was calling to you or was it just your interest in it? Or do you think there was something pulling you toward it? Oh, I think there was something pulling. I think I, I tend to be, I feel like a little bit in, intuitive. Like I'm not, I don't consider myself a uh, psychic or anything like that, but sometimes I can get a really good feel. Mm-hmm. I kind of trust my inner gut on certain things, especially um, with the paranormal. Like I can feel when they're around me, but I can't like, you know, I can't communicate or anything like that. I just, I just get that feel like the, just, I just know. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that's kind of the feel that I, I got when I was looking at pictures of the Boyd house. Okay. Now I want to get into the history because the, you mentioned the Eckhart family. That's kind of interesting, but when did you first, after you purchased a house and obviously you went in and started doing what new homeowners do, because you weren't planning on living at the house, correct? Correct. Um, but you still had to clean up and, you know, I guess decorate it. How soon did paranormal activities start presenting to you? Um, well, actually, the very first night that we stayed there, um, I was walking past the basement door. And all of a sudden there was like this really loud bang on the other side of the door. But it was like two, it was like, bam, bam, bam. You know, like somebody's pounding on the door. And of course I jumped like 10 feet because I was, you know, I was not expecting that. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, what was that? And then of course then now here's me trying to debunk it. I'm like, well, was this an air draft thing? Was this a, you know, whatever. And there was, there was nothing that I could come up with scientifically of what made that three bangs on that door. So that, that's what we got the first night that I stayed there. Okay, uh, now let's get into a little bit of the background of this house, because like you said, it wasn't 
truly it was it might have been popular or people in the, that small town might have had some inkling that there was some stuff going on but it wasn't like you know overwhelmingly haunted per se uh tell us a little bit about the uh, you mentioned the eckhart family tell us a little bit about them well they were uh, one of the first so the house itself was built in 1901 but you know, we've had a couple of families move in and out, but not, you know, no really good major history on them. Like nobody died there or anything that we could find. So the most common that we have is goes back to 1912 then with the Fred and Minnie Eckert. So their um, family moved in there in 1912. They owned a, a store in town, which was basically kitty corner across the street. And they kind of sold fancy goods, dry goods, groceries, um, you know, kind of the higher end type stuff. And then um, he also helped build the Lutheran church. Uh, his his dad and also his other son helped build the Lutheran church. Um, Fred was also on the fire department and the school board. So very, very well respected businessman in town. Um, and then so both him and his wife both passed away in the home. Okay. And they had Minnie's funeral in the home, right? We have those, the typical, like they did back in the day, the three windows right. um, that protrude outwards. And that's where, that's exactly where her casket was for three days. Um, for Which, that. That's not that uncommon because what this, I'm assuming this is what, in the 50s, 40s, 50s? Yeah, she died in like 1958, I right. believe. That's not that uncommon for the time. I mean, today we think that's crazy and obviously. You know, we would think, oh, my God, you're just asking for trouble to have a funeral in right. the home. Uh, has there been any other deaths? Yeah, two of uh, many children passed away in the home. One um, died in infancy that we know, and the other one, I believe he was between three and five, and he actually choked to death in the house. Really? Oh. Um, so, she, yeah, she lost him in the house as well. Now... With since you own the house and you are probably the most familiar with this house, do you think some of these deaths could be the cause for the activity? Oh, I definitely feel that Fred and Minnie are there. Um, some of the children activity, though, that we do get seems to be more um, older. So if we're looking back at history, saying that the three to five year old passed away, I feel like the child activity we're getting is more along the lines of between eight and ten. Okay. Um, so I, I also feel like we have a lot of passer buyers, um, or things that just like to stay, I think, because we have, you know, we have a lot of energy. We have that, the railroad track that runs right, right behind the house. Um, we also had, the town was back in the day built right up against the end of the Sioux Dakota reservation line. Ooh, so, so there could have, there, there could have been a lot of stuff that happened there because not everything's on record that we can find. I mean, our deed itself goes back to 1889, but we, you know, trying to find any records on, on hardly anything back then is, is really hard to find anything. With that close proximity to an Indian reservation or a Native American reservation, excuse me, that is very interesting because, you know, the Native Americans have seem to always be somewhere close to paranormal activity. Well, I say all the time, like, because a lot of people that don't really dive into this whole thing have questions about stuff like that. Why is it always water? Why is it always native? Why is, I'm like, dude, one, 
we kind of stole their whole house. Well, I been- and well, and they like just like a lot of old, you know, defunct or forgotten societies. Like these ancient or native people, like always have some type of a more legitimate spiritual connection to everything. Right now, like we've just gotten to the point where we've gotten so far away from knowing how much we need the land that we walk on and shit like that. Pardon my French, but like, I think that's part of it. They understood that, therefore, ev- so many things were deified. And if there's that power out there in the universe, it's going to get put into that. Right. Um, have you noticed or made any connections through your investigation with? maybe some native activity? I personally have not. Um, you know, we've, we've tried playing maybe some like native uh, music and, and just even some language, you know, because you can play that off the internet and stuff. And we have not gotten anything in particular. Um, so I don't think there's necessarily anything there in the house mm-hmm. related with that, but I just think there's a lot of energy surrounding the area and around town because of that. Um, and also, we've seen pictures of the town back in the 18, 1900s. Um, you know, they, they had a population of 500 people at one point, and the pictures are this, you could just see the horses and the wagons and the cowboys and the, you know, the town had like bars and restaurants and, and, you know, a billiard place and different, you know, meat markets and hotels. And it was a great, it was way big, bigger town back then. You know, that, uh, with the Boyd house, the livery stable was actually across the street. You know, and there's a house there today. And then um, I just recently learned, too, that um, the Boyd House was the first house in town to actually have indoor plumbing. Really? Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if it would stir up if there is any native involvement in this haunting, if you will. If you put out, like, a life-size cardboard cutout of Kevin Costner from Dances with Wolves. I don't think so. <laughs> have him just walk around like Tatanka. I don't think so. He pissed off everybody in that movie. That is true, but I don't think... Except the one old guy and the random white lady. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now, you did mention there... I'm, 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 I'm steering hard to the right. Um, you did mention that there's a railroad that runs now right up against the property, behind the property. Yeah, yeah. The, and that was back in the day, their mainstream. That was, that was how the town survived. Um, you know, everybody would stop in at Boyd and then they'd stop in at the town. They got all their shipments in, um, from that as well. So there was, there was a lot of lively. There was actually one guy, they could never prove it. They feel like somebody murdered him. Um, but somebody threw him out. Well, they found him on the train tracks. He got hit by a train in the middle of the night. Um, but someone said it was suicide, but people who know him said, um, that just doesn't seem right. But I also heard too back in the day for, um, for the butcher shops, they couldn't, they wouldn't let them slaughter the animals in town, so they would take them out to the railroad tracks and slaughter all the animals there. Hmm. Wonder what the point of that is. That's, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, but I've, I don't want to say I have a theory, but I have noticed there's been a there's a lot of places or locations with activity that run very close to railroads. Do you have any thoughts or? Have you noticed kind of a connection between the railroad line and maybe the activity that's going on at the Boyd House? 
Oh, I definitely know it's even just traveling around into other places I've been. It kind of seems like the ones that have quite a bit of activity um, tend to be around train tracks. And I don't know if it's just the metal and the conductivity of all the energy and the, and the locomotion of the train. Um, you know, what, you know, it, it's got to create some sort of energy. Right. They say like with limestone and everything, too. So it, it doesn't surprise me at all. Right. Because I, I like you think there's a lot to the energy aspect of all this when it comes to the paranormal and things that conduct energy can en- enhance paranormal activity like running water. Uh, I've been to a bunch of locations where they have underground springs running close to or underneath places that have activity. Well, that, that harkens back to a native American cultural thing too. Because there was there was some something there's something about uh, like spirits can only travel with the assistance of water. That's I mean that's I mean it's a, like if they're going to go to, to a different an entirely different place, like it, it it's something based within the movement of the water, and they go where the movement of the water goes. Um, I I'm not saying I buy into it. Well, I I firmly believe I don't I can't speak for Jill here, but from I believe we are energy, and if you want to believe in a consciousness or a soul, what have you, whatever verbiage you want to use, I think it is energy. I mm. think we are energy, and that is one reason why I believe in an afterlife, not just the fact that I've experienced activity my entire life, mm-hmm. but things that conduct energy very well I think can aid in that you know when we do pass you maybe can move freer and well I mean there's also the thought of like since we're dealing with something in these situations we're dealing with stuff that's outside of our realm or whatever however you want to look at it so it kind of makes sense that there's either use use for or the manipulation of things that are elementally essential to the planet like we they they're in a they're in a, a a state that we can't see them or perceive them but they're still in our world so when it comes to like how like it seems like it's, those old houses that just have all woodwork on the inside and it just everybody talks about how it just soaks up all that energy over the years i mean honestly i feel like it's just kind of like that with every element right i mean joe what do you think when it comes to do you think these are residual hauntings or do you think they're let's get into the activity i guess is what we need to to go to is there a lot of intelligent activity there or more residual that you have found in your experience? Oh, I would, I would definitely say intelligent because some of the EVPs are in direct correlation of things that I'm doing at the particular time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're actually like watching, interacting or answering direct questions. Um, and then of course I, there, you probably get some residual because sometimes I'll hear footsteps and things like that. So, and, and audible voices is that, you know, is that residual? I don't can't say I hear it every single time, every single day that we're there. All right. Um, so, yeah, but, but for as far as the Boyd House, I, I believe that most of it is intelligent. Okay. 
Uh, now, kind of give us a highlight of the activity from your perspective. We're going to get into some of the evidence from your team or the teams that have visited there here in a minute. But from what you personally have experienced in the house, give us a highlight of the best of the greatest hits, essentially, of what you've experienced in the house. Uh, well, for the most part, you know, I just kind of get that feel that they're around there. Um, I get like for myself, I get a lot of equipment interaction or again, that just that overall feel. Um, or like some of my, um, you know, EVPs that we get, you know, relating, relating to things. Um, you know, like, I, I guess like one of my favorite EVPs is, um, you know, we, we get one from a lady and she's, she always sounds like crabby and like she's smoked a hundred cigarettes a day. So like me. Always, yeah. Just like of, you, Travis. Yeah, just she kind of talks like this all the time. Oh you god, know, I'm so. afraid to hear what I'm going to sound like <laughs> when I get to be that age, because I'm only 32 and I sound like this right now. But yeah, I was uh, I was just in the house by myself. I was doing some cleaning, and I always just talk to him. You know, as I was just rambling on about like my week, and I think I was saying, "Oh, I'm going to a wedding this weekend. You ever been to a wedding?" And I just kind of, you know, I just keep on talking. Um, so as I'm talking, so I, I miss kind of what some of the things she said was because I'm not shutting up. And then I paused and you heard, I'm trying to sleep. So this poor woman, you know, I'm in her room cleaning and I'm just talking away and she wants to sleep. So, <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, so that, that was kind of a fun, a fun EVP to catch. So the spirit was telling you to be quiet because she wanted you to sleep. Did I hear that correctly? No, because she's trying to sleep. That's she what, was that... trying to take it. Yeah. That scared the shit out of me. Sorry, I just dropped my phone. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Are you scared? Is the, the void house scaring you, Travis? <laughs> oh, relax. You've been to these places. You've been on an investigation with me. Now, no, stuff like that doesn't scare me. Stuff like my phone falling or like... Oh, the mere fact that it may break. Yeah, pretty much, because okay. I can't afford to get a new one. So have you... I mean, what about objects moving or door slamming any of that from your experience yeah i've had yeah i've seen i haven't actually seen it with my own eyes but i remember we had we were just getting ready to leave and i closed the attic door gave it a tug um went to another room came back out attic door was open okay. and i yelled to my husband i'm like did you just come by and open the attic he's like nope and so there you know i've had that because we've had people Say they've seen the attic door open. I hadn't seen it, and then all of a sudden I finally got to see that. Um, well, not see happen, but, you know, turn around, and, and there it was there. Um, I also had, um, you know, which, again, I didn't see with my own eyes, but still pretty cool experience. Um, I had put a bunch of old coins down in the basement, um, and I thought, you know, I don't know why, but I always kind of felt like people played cards down here, so... Um, I was kind of shuffling the cards around and I know absolutely nothing about how to play poker, but I'm just shouting out all kinds of things like aces are wild and deuces this. And, you know, and I, I did this all night, you know, like I kept shuffling all the cards around and just trying to play and said, Hey, the grand prize is this gold coin. And, um, I had a couple, one card that I pushed to the end of the table. Now it wasn't hanging off the end of the table. It was just right to the edge. So that way I could see if it moved forward, that type of thing. 
Um, but the whole time I was just like, hey, if you've really enjoyed tonight's games, you know, please just knock the card off the table that I know that you had fun tonight. Um, so the last time I came down there, shuffled the cards, said the same spiel. It was a little bit for midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, about 10, 10 minutes later, after I had walked away that and it was on film, that card got thrown off that table. Really? So, so I was pretty, pretty excited about that. It was on film. You, it, you have. I caught. I, yep, I caught that on film. So that was that was pretty cool. Huh. I, you know, I wasn't sure if I had caught it on film. I just know that the card was on the table when I came down in the morning. I like picked it up. I was jumping up and down, going, "Oh my god, thank you so much for touching the card." You know? Um, but this, you said this was the basement, or this just... was in the base. Yep, in the basement. So I'm assuming no windows or the ventilation's not that good. So it could be this, you know, a, a draft or anything. No, um, absolutely nothing. Plus, not only that, that card sat there for nine hours and never fell off the table prior to that. And that's with people coming in, you know, moving around, that kind of thing. Nothing, nothing. And, um, you know, it, you know, I take it for that because I also asked them to do that if they enjoyed the night. But yeah, there, there's no win. There's no nothing that okay. would have created, created that to actually come off the table now the camera you were you were using did it record audio as well so was did you catch any kind of maybe verbal or strange noise at the time this happened on the video nope nope it was just uh hmm. basically completely silent used really just right off the table i mean of course you hear it sound you know when it falls on the floor right. you hear Gee! but yeah you don't hear like any footsteps go or any you know breathing or any any interaction like that um, but we do we do get a lot of people. They like to play cards right. downstairs, and we also heard that um, Minnie um, really loved to play cards because oh. um, her grandson still lives in town. He's I think he's almost eighty. Really, um, and so he came over and told us a whole bunch of stories all about the Eckharts, so things that like I'm never going to find in a book. Right. Um, so like I never knew that Minnie she liked to play the game Whist. I tried to google it i don't understand it i did a poor rendition of it but um, um so yeah she liked she liked to play cards um i i know that she she fell down the stairs and broke her arm at one point um so i yeah i just just different things you know different plants hmm. that she liked so we have those fake plants around the house um so we we try to do things that we find out about the family you know that they like or enjoy and, and just try to you know, make them happy while they're there. Okay, I have one question before we get into some of the evidence that other teams have either shared with you or experienced at this location. Uh, you said you're married, so when you told your hu- is your husband a part of the team? No. Okay, even better. When you told your husband <laughs> you wanted to buy a haunted house, uh, how close were you to a divorce? Let me be honest. Uh, uh, well. You know, he's really good. He's he supports um my goofiness a lot. <laughs> Sometimes he has to pitch in help. Um but he was never really I would say a believer, not believer when I met him. He was just kind of on the fence, like, I don't know, maybe they are, maybe they're not. Um but just a lot of the things that I've shown him, um, he, he definitely believes. But um he was more in, worried about the financial aspect versus, you know, can I make a go of this? Plus, he didn't understand the amount of people who are so into this. Right. Um, he's gone to a couple conferences with me now just to, you know, help promote the house. And he's like, oh, I can't believe all the people that are into this. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's been he's been pretty happy with the with the uh, 
way things are going. Um, I will say I am jealous of him because, okay, so for anyone to see an apparition in their lifetime is pretty rare. And it's like the, the goal, you know, the holy grail of all, you know, investigating. And uh, he was coming in the front door, carrying some boxes in, looks up at the stairwell, and he sees this woman at the stairs, long brown hair. Um, he said it was real quick, super fast. He goes, for a second, I thought it was you, realized it wasn't you, and then she was gone. So, like, he got to see a full-blown apparition, and I still haven't seen one. <laughs> so has that changed his mind about maybe making making him more of a believer? or? Oh, he, yeah, when I showed him all the stuff I've captured just through all my years of, of things and places I've been, he, it did make him a believer. Okay. Um, you know, I, I would say more for the house, yeah. Because I still even like the probably the first four months when I owned it, I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's not haunted. So it's like, <laughs> and and he, my husband's like, well, you got this, you got this, and I saw this, and you know, I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, okay, now let's get into uh, some of the activity that other paranormal teams who uh, go there and investigate, and we'll kind of, you, this is open to anybody that wants to come investigate, correct? Yeah, anybody. You don't even have to be a paranormal investigator to come if you want to just come and experience. We actually um, have put a little basket together, too, for those people who come that don't have equipment. So it's just got, like, your basic little things, like a K2. We got them a voice okay. recorder. Or, you know, just a little motion sensor. You know, just something because, you know, if you don't have nothing to play with, it could get really boring. <laughs> so. Uh, so kind of obviously some of these teams and people share some of their uh, – evidence or activity or experiences with you what's the craziest thing anybody have has experienced there spontaneous human combustion <laughs> no oh, not shit. quite like that but <laughs> i still have yet to find somebody in normal life that has anything to say about that i'd hate to see how much that rider costs on an insurance policy i don't know if that's covered <laughs> maybe we should put that in our waiver but um <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I guess a lot of, there's some people that they get like a lot of touching. Um, so we, we hear a lot about that, um, audible voices and stuff, Love but we you. have, um, we have seen, um, one team had actually caught a shadow of two kids running through the kitchen. Um, and that, that looked pretty cool. Um, and I know we kind of touched base a little bit offline about that. Right. That's it. I mean, go ahead. Kind of set that particular up. video. Yeah, that, so I, I saw that piece of evidence, and it's it's a it's a fascinating piece of visual. I'll say that. Go ahead and set it up and explain it. Yeah. So what they had kind of an angled camera facing um, from the living room, facing into the kitchen, which we hear a lot of people say they see shadow figures in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, that particular team, nobody was downstairs. They were all up in the attic when that when that happened. Um, and then they, on review, saw the two shadow figures go by. They looked like one and two, like a younger kid and then like an older kid. Right. Almost, you know, somebody maybe that's eight, maybe somebody was 12. And it was like super fast, like one, two. Um, so I've had a lot of people say, well, maybe it was car lights or things. But um, I tend to, to want to make sure that the evidence that I personally bring out um, – has no other explanation that I can think of. Right. Um, but because I know with them telling me, A, they were all up in the attic, um, but I know the lay of the house. So 
the way the road goes, there's absolutely no way any car, you would have to be driving the car into my house in order to put even headlights in there. Plus there's no windows facing that way. So, um, it's, it's just so there's no way it's a car, um, just because I know the setup of the room. Um, so that was to me a very pretty validating piece of evidence that they got. Now, has anybody kind of expressed maybe something darker there? I know because you get a very a, a wide variety of opinions when it comes, especially when you have multiple teams coming through there. Has anybody ever said there's something dark or evil here? I've had a couple people say that. I personally do not get that <laughs> feel at all. I have never had any, you know, negative or, or dark energies. Now we do have a lot of you know, things we've brought in that are supposedly haunted. Um, so like and I know, uh, objects and stuff? Right, right. But I can't prove if, if any of those have. I mean, we do. I think our, our oddest piece of thing that we have, which it, it's odd, but it's kind of a cool thing. It's this really freaky, freaky picture of this monkey. <laughs> in this blue. It's all blue pretty much. And it's in this, uh, I don't know, I can't even explain. It's just the weirdest, oddest picture. But we obtained it from a lady who got it. Um, her and her husband found it on the side of the road um, next to a tree, which is just like in the painting with three red chairs, which is in the painting as well. But they didn't take the chairs, and her husband always was like, oh, I wish I would have took the chairs. But he hung this. She never liked it. She never liked the painting. She felt like there was something bad about it. There's actually a story written around the frame, so you have to actually read it and turn the picture around and upside down to read the story. Um, she would never do that, afraid of you know, conjuring something, but her husband became super obsessed with this painting. He hung it in the, in the garage and he like became obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. He then killed himself in front of this painting and she, she cannot figure out why she's like, we were happy. We have kids. I don't, you know, I mean, obviously people who, who have committed suicide before, you know, don't show any outwardly signs, but she said it just didn't make sense to her. Right. Um, but so she just wanted that painting gone. So of course we took it. Of course. Um, yes. And so, so that's hanging. The only thing I can interestingly say now, I haven't had it actually verified by a real electrician is ever since I hung up that painting, there's no longer any power in that room. So. And the electrician but, can't find out why. No, I just haven't had brought oh, one in. Okay. Just thought it was weird that out of the entire house, it's only that room when I, right after I hung the painting, there was no power in that room. Huh, that would be interesting. I would look. I mean, that's... the first thing I would do is I would lick my finger and touch the nail just to see. <laughs> yeah, just to see if it hit a line or something. That's kind of. And then, I mean, wor best case scenario, you didn't hit an electrical line. Worst case scenario, you're just now an attraction at the house. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, you never, you never know. It's kind of interesting, though. We have a lot of. Uh, I think the first day we hung it up, though, we were doing that Estes method, okay, and uh, yeah. Teresa's. Teresa's really good with that because she, she's very, I don't know, she's kind of like a beacon. Uh, things just seem to come through her. So she's, she's like excellent at running, doing that. But um, I said, hey, what do, you, what do you guys think of that new picture we hung up? And it said, monkey, evil, get rid of it. Like, boom, boom, boom. Like, it did not like it. And even to this day, when we're running the spirit box, it says a lot of things about this monkey. It does not like that monkey picture. <laughs> At all. <laughs> right. Uh, now, the Estes, I'm assuming she was, you know, listening to the ghost box through headphones, correct? Correct. And yes. she was, this is what she heard without, they were, 
That's fascinating because anybody not familiar with the uh, Estes method, which is like the Gonsfield experiment. Mm-hmm. Kind of, um, I mean, that's fascinating that you asked that question. She heard that through the ghost box and with, you know, you know that's that's interesting. I mean, like we, we spoke offline about the uh, our ghost box. You know, I'm not a big supporter of them, but I'm not, I don't completely ne- negate anything coming out of them. Like we spoke earlier, you know, if you get a full sentence on the ghost box, that's inter- that's compelling enough. Well, and it's one of those things like it, it's all there's no concrete, a hundred percent, foolproof. This is hardcore, inarguable, gathered evidence on anything, right? You know what I mean? Like, like. Your picture's never going to turn out exactly the way you saw it if you catch something on fit on video or film or video or film. Good God, video or photo like it's it just doesn't work like that, right? You know what I mean? Like there's no no one item is perfect and flawless. They're they're I I'm not discrediting them. They're no. they're fun and I like you can catch some cool shit with them. But what's interesting about the Estes experiment? She did not hear the question, and it was relevant. You know, that adds one layer of, I don't want to say truth, or gives it a little bit more credibility. A, it's a multiple word, mm-hmm. you know, basically a sentence. Whenever you get a sentence, that makes it fascinating. But with, that's what makes the Estes, you know, doing it that way, you know, makes it so interesting because bias is you're, you're not hearing something because you heard the question. Because right. What was it pareidolia? I think is the or is that the visual? I can't remember. Yeah, that's the visual. Yeah, uh, but your brain—if you are looking for something, your brain will find it. Mm-hmm. So when you oh, yeah. when you do it the, with the this particular method, it kind of takes that out. That get, in my opinion gives a little bit more yeah. credibility. I mean, that's the way I. That's why I am the way I am when when like when we went out what, last year. Yeah, like I can't. I'm cool with people, but for the legitimacy of what I'm doing, like I'm almost always going to separate myself from like you, you're fine. Cause if I go off on a start rolling in a direction, cause I'm like, Hmm, you'll just kind of cruise along and let me do my thing. But other people are like, what, what'd you see? Did something happen? And I'm like, shut up for 10 seconds. Right. I'm trying to find that out. <laughs> right. So, anything else when it comes to uh, activity? Uh, I know you've got. What's the best EVP that you've gotten out of there? Any, just pick one. Uh, <laughs> or, oh, there's just oh, there's you, just so or many. Do a list. But, I don't um, care. Yeah, there's some like. Well, I know like one time we were like walking down the stairwell and we got an EVP that says "Watch your step." Hmm. from a guy so it's like you know again that's how i feel like they're intelligent because that's right. exactly what's going on safety um, first i like it exactly um one of one of my favorite ones is um well she wasn't happy but again it was the raspy voice lady but we were actually um you know we we always just joke around we're not 100 percent serious when we're investigating but we were um having dinner and we were just talking about farting you know and just making things jokes about that and then we got like an EVP that said, you're not very proper, are you? So it's like she didn't enjoy that dinner conversation that particular night. Nothing um, worse than a preppy, stuck-up ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, yeah, 
Yeah, that's so it was just yeah, just the, those kind of things. Um, I've got one where I'm just putting things away in the morning, and I heard a guy say, "Well, I didn't hear him, but I got it later." It said, "How are you this morning?" Uh, but I actually have audibly heard voices in the house. Um, there's one particular time, a couple, I don't know, about a month or so ago, Teresa and I were there. She was in the kitchen. I was, you know, kind of on the stairwell, and I was just doing some dusting. Um, I actually had picked up Minnie's plant, her poinsettia plant that we gave her, um, and I heard a woman's voice. But it sounded like almost electronic-y. So I thought, oh, Teresa must be turning on something, you know, some piece of ghost equipment or something, I thought. And all of a sudden she goes, what'd you say? And so as soon as she said that, I knew that that did not come from Teresa. And I'm like, well, what did you hear? And she's like, it sounded like someone said, leave it. And I said, well, I was just picking up her plant because I was dusting under it. Hmm. So we audibly heard that. But there's been times where, um, like, I was laying up in bed. And, like, we have the old floor grates again. You know, the older houses do, so you can hear what's going on down below. And I woke up. It was early morning. I had no idea what time it was. But I'm like, oh, this is kind of peaceful. I'm just going to lay here, just lay in bed, and just lay here. And then all of a sudden I started hearing, hearing women voices talking. And I thought, oh, the girls are up. So I go downstairs, and they're all sound asleep. I was like, okay, this is crazy. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go down and start tidying up in the basement. Get, get things rolling. Then I started hearing footsteps upstairs. You know, you could tell like somebody's walking around. I was like, oh, now they're up. So I go up there. They're still sleeping. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, my God, you guys are driving me crazy. Right. And, the, and then, uh, yeah, so then I heard like more footsteps upstairs. And I'm like, okay, Donna's up. So I start kind of go up the stairs halfway. I kind of listen. And I can hear Donna snoring. I'm like, nope, it's not Donna. And, I was, and everybody's still sleeping. I'm the only one in this house. And I'm hearing audible voices and footsteps. You know, so that's, that was kind of a fun night. That's, well, that was actually in the morning. In the morning, I heard that. Right. Um, so like we said earlier, this place is open to the public to come and investigate. Spend the whole evening there, actually. You know, stay there the whole night. And you are very liberal when it comes to your times. I, I kind of looked at some stuff. What if you sh if we were to come and investigate or any team come to investigate, when can they get there and how late do they get to stay? Uh, we let you come in at 3 p.m. and stay till noon the next day. Um, that way, I kind of I kind of feel like you know, being an investigator myself, you kind you kind of like, well, what what kind of things are you looking for when you go to a place? You know, time. Right. Time's a big thing. Um, so I feel like you can get in, you can get things set up, you can catch some dinner, you can do some investigation, you can sleep a little bit um, before you have to go home. See, uh, so we, yeah, quite a bit of time. That's perfect. I like that too because I like like there's it's not covered on the TV shows and a lot of people don't think about it. It's personal opinion. I like having at least like an hour or so in a place where I'm not, I guess per se, actively investigating. Just walking around, just kind of walking around. You know, I don't I don't need recorders and stuff like that just just do my own thing in the area and just kind of i feel like you roll in hot automatically right there are those spirits out there that you're probably just they're just not going to come out for you right well i like when she said stay till 12 because yeah. there's nothing worse than going you know most places you have to be out by seven eight nine or about nine o'clock yeah, when we went out last year we got back here at seven thirty. 30 but morning. that's not a we just had an hour and a half drive 
But like I remember when I went out to uh I forget what the name of the school is there in Iowa or whatever. Oh I forget the name Ferrar? of the school. I'm sorry. Was it Ferrar? Ferrar? I think yes. I went there to investigate. Drove <laughs> what, twelve what was it, twelve, thirteen hours, twelve hours back to Ohio. Maybe not that quite long. Whatever. You know, I had to drive back with the team on no sleep. But trust me, it was a little sketchy by the time we were getting into Indiana. Yeah, I yeah, know. I know. It it gets rough. I hate it, too, like when we go to places. Uh, I Since I do the majority of the driving, uh, I, I have to go to bed, which I hate that because I paid money to be there. <laughs> we got to get we got to get back safe, you know. Yeah, that's that's important. Now, just to kind of give the listeners an idea, how much is an evening there? Uh, we charge $200 a night, and you can bring up to eight people for that, um, you know, and it doesn't matter weekdays or weekends. It's the same price, and we also have coffee and snacks provided there, so um, we you try had to make the nice coffee. Yes. I say, this, yes. Is a, this is a deal. I, am, I will be in Minnesota at the beginning of next month. <laughs> She's booked up this. She's booked up till July. Um, where are the best places? If somebody is interested in you know, spending the evening there. What are the best? I do have some of your links in the description, uh, but what is the best way to contact you about doing some investigations at this home? Uh, well, our, our best bet is to check out our website at boydhouse217.com because uh, that's got a lot of our information on there, a little history of the house. So you can see our calendar of availability, and then there's a contact form where you can just always direct email us to at the Boyd House 217 at yahoo.com. Cool. Um, we will, de- I'm, I'm going to be in touch with you and maybe because you are fairly well booked up, you said this uh, till what, June, July? Yeah, July. Uh, you know, we also, you know, most of the times those Fridays and Saturdays book up, but yeah. um, other days are, are available. We're open 365 because we have heat, air conditioning, and all that kind okay. of stuff. And bathrooms because people like that. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so you can just, just look there. Uh, so starting in July, it starts to get a little bit more open up. But it, we kind of seem to, I always think, oh, gosh, we don't have any bookings. And all of a sudden, it gets booked up all of a sudden. So. Yeah. I will definitely be in touch. Even though it's a long drive for from, for me. Oh, yeah. I, I know. I've been to Ohio a few times. So I think, I think it's probably, what, it's at least 13 hours from here. Probably, yeah, yeah 13 hours or so. I'm going to have to make a weekend of it. Uh, but I will definitely be in touch. Maybe me and Travis will come out there and even maybe. Well, like, I mean, shit, I'm going, I'll be in Minnesota yeah, but it's in booked. three weeks. I know that. I'm just saying, I'll let you know how the drive is. I'll I'll you, what, where are you going in Indiana? Where are you, uh, India. Where are you going uh, in Minnesota? Shit. It's a Close suburb it? of Mi- of Minneapolis. I know that. I can't remember the actual name of it. Because the uh, Boyd House, if I'm not correct, is east of, what, a hour or um, it's, it's, 100 it's miles a 100- 144 miles southwest of the Twin Cities. So we're about two hours, a little over two hours from the Twin Cities. So you're pretty much in the southwest side of the yeah. city. Yeah. Yeah, we're way out there. We're actually about an hour south of Brookings, South Dakota. So we're we're in the corner, south, south, southwest corner. Yeah, we. but I definitely think, hopefully, me and Travis can come out there and kind of record there and see what we get. I definitely... Want to do that? It sounds like an interesting place. I but I want to thank you, Jill, for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories and sharing this house with us. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, you guys. Have a great night. You too. You too. Yep. Bye bye.